God's going to do it. I want to remind the ladies you have a service here tomorrow night at 7, 7, 7 o'clock tomorrow night, ladies. So uh, please be here. Sister Walden will be uh, speaking tomorrow night. And so uh, I know she's going to have a great word for you ladies. And uh, I know you all have a great time of worship. And uh, also we did uh, actually set dates for Regeneration Weekend today. Um, so you can be planning on that. That will be September the 24th and the 25th. So we checked to make sure there was no football game that weekend, no home game anyway. So we can have that. So let's be in prayer for that because it will be here before we know it. And let's pray that this world has, will be opened up and people can just come to church and we won't have to limit seating and things like that. We want it to be a great time. So uh, be in prayer for it because we want the right speakers. We want all the right things to happen. So let's be in prayer for that. And um, just excited about uh, this year, what's going on in it already. And I believe God's going to continue to bless and touch us. This month we've had a lot of our ministry uh, speak and minister and uh, that is on purpose. I've been trying to give time uh, to our ministry to, to let them preach. We've got so many great speakers, it's hard to get to everybody. And um, because, guess what, pastor has to preach sometimes too. So, um, but um, I do value very highly the ministry we have in this church and the people who uh, labor and work in the word in this church. And they always feed us, they always bless us, they always uh, bring us what we need. And so tonight... Uh, we're honored to have Brother Shannon Peacock come tonight. Brother, if you'll come on. Uh, always does a great job. Got a great ministry. Has had a great ministry for years. Got a lineage of ministry. <laughs> Love you, brother. Love you, Pastor. Hallelujah. Greetings in Jesus' name. Book of Matthew, chapter 25, verse 14. I'll read it in just a moment. Uh, in fact, when we read it, I'll, I'll have you be seated because it's a, a lengthy reading and uh, one that uh, very familiar to all of us. In fact, Pastor read from it a few weeks ago, but we'll read it again to refresh um, ourselves. It's good to be back from, from vacation. I love you all, but it's a little hard to say I really missed you when you're building a lightsaber and being <laughs> serenaded by Olaf and his friends. So... But I love you all just the same. <laughs> no, seriously, when, when uh, you know, over there play, uh, playing, I thought, man, it really, really is good to be in the house of God. No matter what you're doing, if you're sick, if you're having fun, I miss being in the house yes, of God. Yes, yes, yes. And I'm glad I, I said it last time. I'll say it again. I'll say it always. It's good to be in an exciting church, a loving church, a happy church. Um, a growing church, so many, so many compliments I could pay uh, to us, and I, you, you know, some compliments you, you pay, you, you don't try to compare us to other churches, but uh, I, I don't know that I know of another church where you can have an all-out, big, long shout-out and still have the preaching. Just saying, okay, you know, everybody knows you don't do that, but but uh, I'm I'm thankful for for pastor and for the for. Uh, his ministry, pastorship, Sister Walden for all that she's been and mine all our lives, the friend that she's been. And um, so I hope to share an encouraging word tonight. And uh, do that through the Word of God. And uh, Pastor, would you pray and ask God's blessing on this sermon?
Hallelujah. Before you're seated, shout glory and give the Lord a hand clap. Can we do that? Hallelujah. We love you, Jesus. So very much. So very grateful we are, Lord God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You could be seated. Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 through 29. For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And he gave unto one, and unto one he gave five talents, another two, and to another one. To every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. Then he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same and made them other five talents. And likewise, he that received two talents, he also gained other two. But he that received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with them. And so he that had received five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. The Lord said to him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. He also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained other, I have gained two other talents beside them. His Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. And I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. When he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art a hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown and gathering where thou hast not strawed. And I was afraid and went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, there thou hast that is thine. His Lord answered and said to him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knewest that I reap where I sowed not, and gather where I have not strawed. Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money into the exchangers, and then at my coming I should have received mine own with usury or with interest. Therefore take the talent from him, and give it unto them unto him which hath ten talents. For unto every one that hath shall be given... And he shall have abundance, but from him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he hath. Now, there's an interesting dichotomy here that if you have not, it will be taken away even what you do have. So whatever we we may be without, we may hath not, but we still have certain things. But the thought I want to share tonight is this, from stewardship to rulership, from stewardship to rulership. Now, I don't want to just start off with a negative in a negative way here, but I do want to point out that there are a number of ways that talents get buried. Sometimes they're buried for fear, fear of our own failure. Anybody ever experienced fear? Fear of doing something new, fear of, as we say, getting out of our comfort zone. We also experience fear in seeing the failure of others. Now, I I have had a lot of heroes over the years. I have had a lot of people that I look up to. And every now and then, every now and then, someone lets me down. Now, I I still put my faith in people. I still trust other people. But sometimes I see failure in others. Sometimes I see in others 
not even developing their gifts. And it can create a sense of fear in us that we don't want to turn out like that person. And if we don't try, and if we don't develop our gifts, we will in fact turn out like the other person. Sometimes we lack drive. Sometimes we have a bit of laziness because it's going to take work to develop talents and gifting. It's going to take hard work. It's going to take listening. It's going to take drive. And, and uh, discipline doesn't come easy to all of us. And, uh, but if we can take that time and have that drive, then we will achieve greatness. Now, there's another way that talents get buried, and that is developing it but never giving it to God. It so breaks my heart Many times when I see someone who has a gift in speaking or in music or in charisma and they get better at it, they get better at singing, they get better at the things that they do, but somehow never give it over to God. I have seen people even play in church and do a great job, but they just just weren't connected and they just didn't quite give it to God and so their talents remain just as they were singular never growing never developing and I've also seen people who bury their talents and I think I've been guilty of this myself but bury their talents and ego Uh, I've seen a lot of great ministries a lot of great people do a lot of great things but somewhere along the line the ministry became all about themselves The ministry became about them. They named their ministry after themselves. You know, Billy Bob's Healing Ministry or whatever you want to call it. You know, whatever the name is. My my former pastor back at Faith Tabernacle used to tell a story about a man who had a healing ministry. He would go to churches. People would, would get healed. And eventually, he put his name on the side of the bus that he traveled in. And it was John Smith Healing Ministry. One day the Lord said, would you look at that? What does it say? John Smith, healing ministry. And the Lord said, there you go. It's all yours. God forbid that we should get so good at at what we do that we rely on that talent more than what we rely on God. But that's not what I want to focus on tonight. We often place emphasis. We often place so much focus on the talent's themselves the the amount of the talent or even the servant's abilities god gave them the servant the the master pardon me the master gave them talents according to their abilities but i think sometimes we put the emphasis on the wrong thing i think sometimes we look towards the talent has anybody here ever put a lot of emphasis on someone else's talent and thought, if I could just have that kind of talent, if I could have that kind of gifting, if I could do that, oh, what a ministry I could have. Oh, how effective I could be. And if we're not careful, sometimes that admiration could turn into just a little bit of jealousy. But if we do that, my friend, we are focusing on the wrong thing. We are missing what it is we should be looking at. Because the talent is not the point. Becoming ruler over many is the end game. Becoming ruler over many is what the master gave them at the end. The number of talents, the number of talents that they had, whether it was one talent, two, or five, the master used the exact same word to describe every single one of them. Few. No matter how gifted they were. 
no matter what their ability was. All of them only had a few. I love that lady singing and playing right there. I absolutely, if there's a 10 talent gifting right there, I tell you, girlfriend right there, I'm sorry, sister right there has got that, right there. Okay. She's, she, we knew each other before we were born. It's okay. So, and, and years of developing, years of growing. But if we look at that, if we think, man, what an amazing talent, and it's okay to honor that and the work put into it. What an amazing talent. What a great voice. And I just, I'll be honest too. I kind of, I kind of like to watch Pastor whenever she does a solo. Because he gets blessed, but he also gets blessed. <laughs> he, he also looks with a little, that look on his face like, she's mine. That's right. That's right. Just stare in wild wonder, everybody. That was mine right there. That's right. I tell you, they're just gross as all get out. So, But no matter if it's that kind of talent or if it's someone who can barely carry a tune in a bucket, the master describes all of it with the same word, few. Some of the greatest ministries that I have ever witnessed were built on few. Some of the most powerful testimonies I have ever witnessed were based on a few. Some of the greatest works of God were based on a few. There are, there are big names that have uh, in, uh, in, in, uh, in uh, the United Pentecostal Church or other organizations, big name preachers that, that I heard about for years, and they would, they would pack auditoriums. They would have uh, uh, conventions that they went around having. And I remember, I, I, I won't share the name, but there was this one uh, minister that, that went around everywhere, uh, everywhere had, this, uh, had a, uh, a conference that he put on. You may even recognize the name if I said it. And I went to this conference. I thought, I'm finally going to get to hear this brother preach. I'm finally going to get to see what it's all about. And when he got up at that pulpit, I'm going to be honest, the human side of me said, really? <laughs> this is a conference speaker? God bless him. I'm glad he's anointed otherwise. <laughs> and, I li- and he really didn't have a lot of speaking ability. He was a little bit, if you'll forgive me, boring to listen to. Now, it's okay if, if a speaker is kind of entertaining. You know, you got somebody like, uh, like Jerry Jones who can take one scripture and tell a great narrative tale out of just half a scripture. And then you got somebody like, Jay, anybody know Jeff Arnold? Yeah, he gets over there, couldn't tell the truth, standing on a stack of Bibles, you know. So, and, and they're entertaining. People love to listen to them. But, but this, this man, I thought, and I look at it now and I thought, wow, what a one-talent ministry he has. But what we don't see is all the work that he puts in behind the scenes. It's not just his ability to speak. It's his ability to work with people. It's his ability to develop other people. It's his ability to organize things. And people come to those conferences. Lives are changed. Why? Because of his one little old talent that he was faithful to and grew. And God made him ruler over many. Now, some people feel like they only have a, a one a one talent uh, ministry, or I've got this one little low gift. It doesn't it doesn't mean much. I don't do a whole lot. I'm not I'm not on the on the platform. Or I'm not singing. I'm not doing doing so forth and so on. Let me just say a quick word, if I will, about introverts. If you are an introvert, God made you that way, and He did it on purpose. You do not need, stepping out of your comfort zone does not mean stepping into the spotlight. 
Doing something great for God doesn't mean changing who you are. If you are an introvert, you were born an introvert, and you'll always be an introvert, and we want you to be an introvert. You do not have to be in front. You do not have to do the things that extroverts do. Pastor, he'll tell you he's an introvert. You know, uh, going to people and socializing doesn't do for him emotionally, emotionally like it does for a lot of people. Being an extrovert is an acquired skill. He does it because he loves people. He wants to serve people. And, of course, that's a blessing to others and to himself. But people who are like that, you may see them going to other people, but they don't really get anything out of that. And if you are an introvert, you do not have to acquire that skill unless God leads you to do it. Introverts are some of the most creative people I have ever met. I could, I could show it to you scientific, scientifically. You get a group of people, and you take the introverts, and you've got some of the grandest creativity that you could ever see. There is only one introvert with the name Peacock, and it's my wife. <laughs> it's an acquired name. She loves people, but if we're having an after-church gathering, I come up to her at any point and say, uh, you ready to go? Yes, I am. Let's go. And she loves you. You know, she, she'll, she loves time, taking a little time to talk to people, but being with people doesn't really serve her. But she has been of great service to me because what I do in ministry is far greater than it would be without that woman in my life. And I've told her just as much, her creativity, her the things that she's done. The, my best kids' lessons and, and things were either stolen or from her, <laughs> the best ones. Why? Because she was faithful over her gift. And if that's the way you are, it, we're, we're, you're going to see ministries explode in this church. You're going to see things take off, and, and you're going to think, wow, the youth are they're, they're really on fire. The kids, man, they're doing some great things. It's, those teachers must be doing a great job, and if you know what's going on behind the scenes, you're going to like, yeah, they're doing a great job, but let me tell you why it's really taken off, because we got an introvert behind the scenes doesn't get out in front of people who expedites what we do, who helps us to be better, who makes us better, who helps us, who may seem like, you may think that They've only got a one-talent ministry, but God says, no, no, no. I made you the way you are. I want you to be the way you are, and you've got a five-talent ministry in you. The talents never belong to the servants. Anything we do for God, any gifting we have, it doesn't belong to us. Even at the end, what did they do? They gave it back to the master. Anything that I that I have the ability to do any gifting. It's not about me at all. And God forbid that I make it about myself. Now, I'll be honest, I like doing what I do. I love working with, with children. It's a lot of fun. But that cannot be what it's about in, in any way. I am just the steward over the talents that I may possess. And all that we do... The music talents that someone has, the singing talents. I tell you, if there's anybody with a five-talent voice, it's Elijah Fortner. I tell you, I sure to miss him. That, that, that young man has a voice that, that comes along just once in a generation. But, you know, people who are good stewards, a lot of times, they're very humble people. And if you start complimenting them, sometimes you'll see their head just kind of drop down a little bit. And they'll say things like, oh, you know, God is good. I've been blessed. I've got some good people in my life. Why? Because they know that that talent doesn't belong to them. They know that they're just taking care of that until the master comes back. Stewardship is the road 
to rulership. And I'll tell you, I've said some of it so far, but I'll, I'll, I'll talk about exactly what rulership is. But before we can be ruler over many, the Bible says that we have to be one thing, and that is faithful. I cannot choose my temperament. I can kind of alter my personality, but I cannot choose my temperament, whether I'm extroverted, introverted, whatever God made me, that's the way I am. I cannot choose what I am most suited to be, what area I can excel in, whether it's an art area like my older daughter, or whether it's a technical area like my younger daughter. Our minds are made by God, and there's just some things we cannot excel at as good as we do other things And that's just the way it is, and that is okay, and that is good, and that is right. But there's one thing that I can choose. I can choose to be faithful. I can choose to keep doing what I do. I can choose to keep coming to church in the dry seasons. I can choose to keep coming to church when it seems like I am not using my talent, my gifting at all. Sometimes it feels like it's buried, but as long as we're faithful, that talent and gifting will continue to grow. Faithfulness to prayer. Every night, every night, I don't mean to brag, but every night, we take time with our, with our two girls. We read a, a, a little Bible lesson, I'll comment on it, and then we'll say prayers. We'll each take turns. They have, we, we, we back, each night we alternate who gets to pick who goes first, you know, because we learned at a very early age, no, I want to pick who prays first. No, I want to pray last. So we have, okay, on odd days, Emma, you, and on even days, but Sunday is dad's day. I pick on Sunday, and then, you know, and then mommy on month, just to kind of break it up just a little bit. And I, Belle wants to go last, and Emma wants to go last. Well, this today, you know, so that we, we, we have our own little, little routine, but we want to teach them to be faithful in prayer, faithful in learning God's word. And also faithful, and I cannot stress this enough, about getting this at, at, at a young age. And I'm not trying to young people pick on you or anything, but if there's one thing I could stress to you, it is accountability to your pastor. Everyone, no one will make it to heaven without being in touching distance to the man of God in their lives. Uh, I mentioned Elijah. He, he went to, to work at another church, but he did so under the blessing of his pastor. If, if I do any kind of move, if I, if I do anything uh, uh, different or big or drastic, I'm going to make sure it goes through my pastor, and I'm going to tell him, if you don't feel okay with this, I'm not going to do it. If I feel like God told me and, and he didn't tell him, well, <laughs> we're just going to have to wait a little while. But stay accountable to your pastor. So what does it mean to be ruler over many? What does it mean to go from a steward to go to a ruler? Well, if we are faithful, if we do indeed give it to God, if we bury our ego and not our talent, if we are committed, if we are accountable, then God will give us a very powerful testimony. 
God will give us a word that other people can listen to and lives can be changed by. And you may be telling yourself, I'm not really doing that much. I don't really have much of an ability. It seems like all I'm doing is just sitting on this pew and just doing this one little old thing and it's not a whole lot. But God sees your faithfulness and He's going to double it. And when He takes a few and makes it many, your testimony is going to change just lives just as powerful as any pastor, as any conference speaker, as any musician position because you are faithful over a few and God is making you ruler over many no one ever had a powerful effective ministry who was not faithful they may be a shooting star but that star might burn out and I want to be all of these things. Ministry, things have changed for me in, in the in the past, in the past few years. And and it just seems like sometimes it seemed like my my I had this talent and and now I don't get to use that talent anymore. And now I have to yeah, I, I'm used to that one and it, you know, but now I just seem to have this little one talent. I I'm not a, I'm not used to doing little one talent thing. We, we we peacocks like attention. We we you know, we we do this and we think we have five talents even though we you know but that's okay and 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 things changed I remember one time brother brother Jake was going to preach and uh and I said God I need today and I don't say this I said God I need today to be about be for me this this sermon's got to be for me it seems like my talent is just just pushed to the side right now I'm in this season and then he read from Ecclesiastes 3 do everything there is a season and then you know God was letting me know, yeah, you still got your, your gifting. You still got your talent. Things may change. Things may be different. It breaks my heart. So, that I, I, again, I don't want to mention names, but I've seen people who had such talent, such gifting. Forgive, forgive a little touch of negativity here, but I've got to be honest. Such gifting, such ways of, of motivating people, such ways of, of, of putting things together, but they wouldn't be accountable or they wouldn't be, they wouldn't follow directions. And I saw people who would have, uh, Holy Ghost rallies there where they would pray through a hundred people in one service and that has its place. But sometimes that's all they wanted to do and, and, and pastors, a pastor would say, you know what, just let's, we need to take things down just a notch and do things just a little bit differently because they realized that they were having these big big 100 soul uh, revivals but then they were only retaining a couple people and 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 the pastor said we need to do this a little differently if you just take a few people win one person to God take a year disciple them then all those people uh, win somebody take a year disciple them to God so forth and so on if I may forgive the tangent here pastor but if we had a 2,000 soul rally every day um, it would take about 16,000 years to win the entire world population of 7 billion people. However, if we won one person, and then the next year that person won one person, and then the next year those two won two people, in other words, we double it every year, we will win 7 billion people to God in about 32 years. Now that's talents. That's gifting. And that's what we can do. So if you see other people having these big Holy Ghost rallies and they're doing amazing things, you think, I can only reach one person a year. That is okay, my friend. You are doing God's will. You don't have to be up here. You can sit in the very back and disciple a soul. And they might be the ones who stand up in front of other people. I want to be great. I want to be ruler over many. I think one of the greatest, the, the, the greatest talents of all is just developing people. Some people they they don't 
they just, and this is okay, they don't have the drive to, to meet new people. But if they know somebody, they can work with them. They can help them to be better. And I think the greatest gifting a person can have is not developing their own talent, but helping someone else develop their talent. People want to do great things for God. Well, if you're helping somebody to do great things for God, then you are, my friend, doing a very, very great thing for God. It's a simple answer. Faithfulness. It's a simple thing to do. Keep coming to church. Keep praying. Keep doing what you're already doing. I said this last time. We keep thinking, what am I supposed to do? I'm, I want to do for God, and I want to do it. Why is it, things, why is it things happening? What is it I'm supposed to do? My friend, you are doing it. You are in the house of God, and you have been faithful. You're going to go from stewardship to rulership if we abide by this. It doesn't matter if it's a one-talent ministry, if it's a two-talent ministry, it's a five-talent because when you do the math this way, one doubled is two. Well, what's two divided by one? One. Well, if it's a two-talent ministry, then it's four. Four, or excuse me, two divided by one is, is, is uh, two. Thank you very much. Four divided by two is what? Two. Five-talent ministry doubles it to ten. What is... 10 divided by 5. 2. It's all just a few. It's all just stewardship. It's all just a little bit. And that's not what we focus on. But we focus on faithfulness. We focus on giving it to God. And whatever kind of person you are, I say it again. God made you that kind of person. God wants you to be that kind of person. Do not feel pressure to be something that you are not. God's going to direct you to be what it is that He wants you to be. Do not think you have to live up to the expectations of anybody else or whatever kind of gifting and talent they are because God gave you your talents. According to your ability, He made you that way and He is going to make you ruler over many. Over many. Can we stand together right now? I don't claim to be able to do a lot, but I do claim to be faithful. That's not a brag. That's the example I, I want to set. That's what I want to be. Mess up as often as I do. I will be faithful. The only time you won't see me here is if I'm preaching somewhere or if I'm ill or at Disney. <laughs> Let's just be honest. My mama told me you be in church every, every time the doors are open. Unless you're sick or you got a fever. And if we were sick and we had a fever, then she brought us to church so we could get prayer. That's, that's why I was born on Saturday and in church on Sunday. And I guarantee you I was never late. <laughs> that's how we go from stewardship to rulership. And I want to see that for all of you. And I'll tell you that pastor wants to see that for all of us more than he wants to see it for ourselves. So no matter what your gifting is, no matter how great you feel like it is, it's the same as anybody else around you. You have ministry. You can have a ministry just as great and powerful and effective as anybody you've ever seen. Hallelujah. Pastor, come and lead this service the way that you see fit. Let's worship the Lord. Can we do that?
That's fantastic. You know, that's something he said, uh, helping someone to develop their talent. I've always looked at this parable and, and kind of dissected it and just look at things that are going on. And I, I, and I know it's a, it's a story. It's not something that was actually happening, but the Lord was using this parable to get a point across. And, and I began to think about what if the guys, the one who had the five, the one who had the, the two, you know, I was, what if they would have focused on the guy who had just one? What if they would have said, hey, man, don't, don't bury that. What you yeah, I know I'm doing this. I'm busy. Look, look what's happening. My mind is, is, is gaining interest. It's doubling. It's, it's working. I'll help you. I'll help you. Now, Jesus didn't tell the parable wrong. He, he told it to get a point across because ultimately people can point us in the right direction, but it's up to us to make things happen. Uh, we've been talking about that on Sunday mornings. And, and so... Uh, it is our responsibility ultimately. But the Bible says when we see someone overtaken in a fault, then restore them, help them, go to them. And I always thought, I said, I, I want to make sure as I am taking care of my talent that God has given to me, that I'm looking around for somebody who's trying to find a hole to put their talent in, to say, uh uh, uh none of that. Come on. It doesn't matter if it's just one talent. It doesn't matter it's important, it's vital. You, you take one link out of a chain and it don't work. It might be 40 links in the chain, but just take one out and see what happens. We need everybody using their talent. So let's come to the altar tonight and spend a few moments in prayer. And Lord, if you're not sure where your talent is, ask the Lord to show you. If you're not sure what you should be doing with your talent right now, ask the Lord to show you. If you know somebody you feel like starting to bury their talent, pray for them right now and intercede for them. Offer your service. Let me help you. Let me help you work with your talent. Let me just point you in the right direction. Get you started. Let's pray for a while, folks.
way God has just orchestrated so many messages in the last few weeks and then just to connect pieces together for us even even Sunday's message about together you know uh, those guys two of them they you know they were working together for that master they were doing different things but they were under the same master and they were all together just some of them wouldn't one of them wasn't getting with the program nobody rejoiced over him being corrected like he was corrected and the loss of him you know we we want everybody in this together we're going to do this together we're going to be blessed together we rejoice with them that rejoice and we weep with them that weep and you know we're not just rejoicing because hey somebody got healed you know, sometimes you re- you rejoice over people's ministries. You rejoice of seeing God opening the door for them finally. You rejoice over uh, them finally stepping into what God's given them. And and uh, I've always said, you know, if you're going to praise God and, and give God praise, and if you're going to be a praiser, then you need to praise right. And sometimes praising right is giving somebody else. It's, it's giving them the pat on the back. It's giving them the thumbs up. It's them. That's right. It's amen in them. It's, it's because you know what? They're just stepping into what God called them. You can't you can't let jealousy or envy or or even bitterness be on them because man, they haven't been here. As long. Don't don't be like them people fussing about the ones that came in at the eleven o'clock hour. Because the Lord say. Way back when you and I talked, ain't this what we agreed on? What you upset about now? It's mine to give as I see fit. And so I'm sticking with what me and God agreed on way back in 1993. Some of y'all wasn't even born yet in 1993, but uh, that's what me and God agreed on. I'm not trying to change the deal now. I don't know what time it is yet, but it's getting close to 11 (laughs) And somebody's going to come in and preach right at the end. I wonder who will preach. There's going to be some preacher somewhere that's going to preach one message. And Jesus is coming back. He's going to come in, find God, get filled, get washed, be on fire. He's going to preach one message. (laughs) Wow. And there's people today that probably don't even know how many messages they have preached. But it won't be well done and very well done. They'll both they'll both hear well done. So do what you do. Use what you got. Do it with all your might. If it's one, all your might. If it's five, all your might. Whatever it is, just do it with all your might. Amen. God's good. Brother Shannon, what a great encouraging word tonight. Fantastic. Fantastic. I love what God's given him, and, I, and I'm, I'm so thankful that God led them here because uh, I've watched him since he's been here. I've watched him pray a lot of people through the Holy Ghost and um, because that's a talent that God has given him, a gifting. And, and there'll be a lot of times if I'm praying with somebody and I can tell they ain't moving, I'll, I'll be looking at him like, sometimes I think he's looking at me and I'm like, Come, I don't want to just be like, so I, or I'll get somebody say, go get Brother Shannon now. You know, because 
It, man, I've watched. I've done that several times. They come over in about 45 seconds. Yeah, they good pastor. There they go. I'm like, there you go. I love his talent. I love it. And so, uh, you know, praise God for it. Praise God for what He's doing. Tomorrow night, ladies, be here at seven. Going to be a great time for you, for you girls, and uh, we're going to be praying for a tremendous service. I'll probably be here anyway because uh, I'm a pastor. I can do that. Uh, rest of the guys, sorry, except for Brother Chris. We need you on the sound. Thank you. And any musicians that you need. Uh, other than that, let's, we like, and we don't do that to exclude guys, but we want the ladies to have freedom. Sometimes it's good for them to just be able to come in and, and the ladies be together and be able to preach to them about things that ladies need to hear and, and they don't have to feel self-conscious about their husband or their boyfriend staring at them. Is that you? Do you do that really? Is that You've been feeling what? No, we want them to be able to come in here and pray for one another without feeling like uh, i got to answer a bunch of questions on the way home now. But So God's good all the time. I love you. Be careful, be safe, stay warm. Pray for your brothers and sisters. Invite somebody to church for Sunday. Let's pray that the waters will be stirred. Mm-hmm. Not just the miracle waters, the Holy Ghost is going to be here. There'll be miracles. But let's pray people will be getting baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. God bless you. Have a great night in Jesus' name.